0: What is going on everybody? Welcome into the Extra Points NFL podcast. How are we doing? Happy Saturday. We made it everybody. We made it to the weekend finally. I don't know about you guys. It's it's been a long week this week. And I I don't know if that's like a product of just how things have been in like school-wise for me, work-wise for me, or or what, but It's funny because yesterday uh, I had, well, I've worked every morning, uh, this week at least, and so all my shifts are like right before my school starts. Uh, My classes start for college, so typically I get the the beauty of the 5 a.m. shifts, so I go 5 a.m. right to about 12 or 1 on some days, and so I just crank out like my eight hours there, and then I go straight from work at least right to my classes, like right to school. And it can get exhausting, I guess, because usually like I wake up in the morning and after I wake up and I move myself, (laughs) move my body, I'm not too bad. And I I live on the edge too. So it's funny. I was telling one of my friends about this. I, I, I completely live on the edge when it comes to work. Like if I work at five, my alarm is set for 440. So I can wake up, throw on my clothes, brush my teeth, comb my hair, I have my bag pre-packed and stuff and my work clothes out the night before, throw it on, get in my car, and I have it planned perfectly. If I leave at 4.41, it'll take me seven minutes to get there, so then I get there at like 4.58 4. or something like that and clock in. And it's perfect, and then I just do my shift. Same for five. Like I've essentially memorized the, um, I've essentially memorized, I guess, the, the, the stoplight timing or something like that. It's, it's kind of funny. But yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll go there and then I'll get right to work. And then honestly, I'll be fine. I mean, it's early in the morning, so I don't really want to be there sometimes. But then after that, and then I go to school right from work. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, it'll be like around 11 or so, maybe 12, depending on the day. And then the other days, I typically have like a full eight hour shift before my classes. And I don't know, but yesterday, as soon as I got back from classes, it was, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I got home around five. Something just hit me, and I, I was feeling okay. I, I was going throughout the day. I was getting through classes, stuff like that, and I was just hanging out, and then I got home, and I, my legs were just shot. Just, just, just I, I, I cannot even explain how they felt, and that meant I was just fatigued. My arms hurt. My back hurt. My whole body hurts because, I mean... I have like work in the morning straight to class sometimes I'll go to the gym and just home and I guess after a week it just it just straight up piled up on me and I mean it's been like this for at least a couple weeks now ever since school started but maybe my body was just like yeah I'm not taking it and yesterday I was done I'm not even gonna lie as soon as I came home I was pretty much in bed and I probably got about 12 hours of sleep last night no joke which is ridiculous because I never sleep that long and I'm always waking up like 20 times during the night too I think I woke up like once last night. It, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I was pretty much shutting down, <laughs> for for better or worse. I mean, I guess it was nice to, to kind of see the, um, I, I guess see that I needed the sleep and then get it. But, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that didn't happen for you guys. For any of you guys, hopefully you guys made it to the weekend nice and unscathed from your weekly endeavors. You know, you know what I'm, you know what I mean there. Whether it be work, school, just hanging out with whatever it may be, taking care of the kids, family stuff whatever it may be. Welcome to the weekend. And I wanted to take this time, I guess, to straight jump into that amazing game that we had Thursday night. Holy cow. Now, for one, that Amazon package, the Amazon Prime streaming, I'm going to be the first one to say it, at least right now, that sucked. That game was the broadcast, at least. I know know for a lot of people. I I think it was I don't know. I mean, I don't know the exact proportion, but I remember seeing something about it. And there are people all over the globe that for, that from the, um, from the streaming, it was just terrible. For, for me, at least, it was just nice and choppy. Like, te- typically, when you're watching the games and stuff, you can see the players are moving through everything slowly. And it was off just a little bit to the point where it looked like it was video game graphics. And it looked like it was kind of like lagging. A millionth of a second i guess every single time like constantly but it was just barely noticeable it was like watching tv when the people's when someone's talking and like the voices are out of sync like that how that's that that kind of vibe i guess i mean everything was in sync it's just something was off and you could tell but you couldn't put your finger on it and yeah it, it, just, it just wasn't good but i mean nonetheless the game was great and Wow, it was—it pretty much lived up to the to the hype that it that it got. It was it was a game, and it was supposed to be a game between two AFC powerhouses. You have the MVP favorite in um, Justin Herbert, at least according to Vegas and the betting odds and people betting on it. You have honestly probably now the MVP favorite in uh, Patrick Mahomes after what he did and what he did Week One as well. And then you had just two loaded teams from weapons to defense to everything. And hell, we got exactly exactly what we expected. It was one of the best games that we've seen so far. And it, it was just incredible. I, I loved every single second of it. And how it started, it started with the Chiefs. I mean, with the Chargers kind of dominating the game. Uh, they I, Well, maybe not dominating, but... want to say they stopped the Chiefs early on the first drive which was which was pretty cool I mean the Chiefs worked a little bit of their ways down down the field and stuff like that but then eventually the Chargers got some stops they got some pressure we saw Khalil Mack get involved again and man did did, for I I just want to say that that Khalil Mack signing everyone was saying like hey maybe he's washed and stuff like that I, I I don't think so it's that that was just ridiculous uh, he, he's been so good for them so far. Uh, he, he's just been, yeah, he's just been that dude. I think I think they only credit him with like a half a sack or something like that. But still, with all the pressure he's been getting on and stuff like that, just looks great. But anyways, so then the Chargers kind of get, get the field goal, give it back to the Chiefs, get the ball back. They get another touchdown to their fullback, who now he's two for two, Xander Horvath. I love it. It's hilarious to see a, a fullback get involved, especially when he hardly runs the ball. But yeah, they went up 10 nothing. And then the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs again. They just marched straight down the field. Got a touchdown. In Incredible throw by Mahomes. Just a nice little sidearm to it. I think I think it was Jarek McKinnon who I love. I love that guy. It it was nice. And I was sitting there with my father and my little brother and we were just like, wow. We're pretty much accepting it at this point. We're just saying, oh my god, this dude's just freaking incredible. Because obviously, like we're Bills fan, it it, it's painful to see the Chiefs just dominate everybody, especially after they beat the Bills in the playoffs both years. it's hard, (laughs) but man, this guy's just special, Patrick Mahomes, and and then they come out of halftime. Chargers look great right out of halftime. Mike Williams, he was dominating uh, Watson, the cornerback, the entire night. Jalen Watson, I, I think he was a seventh round rookie. And I remember telling my little brother when we were sitting there watching the game, I was saying, this just isn't fair to put Mike Williams on Jalen Watson. And that's what it was for most of the game. And I was saying that it wasn't fair mainly because the height difference and the build difference. um, Jalen Watson, he's he's smaller. I mean, he's not like a small guy, but he's a smaller corner. And Mike Williams is just a big, big big-bodied receiver. Mike Williams is huge. He can jump. He's a great 50-50 ball guy, and that's exactly what Justin Herbert was doing for him the entire game. He was chucking up um, 50-50 balls. We saw it in the first half when he caught that 50-50 ball over the um, defensive back, and we saw it in this for the touchdown pass. He, he one-hand grabbed it. It was incredible. And he, he was just abusing them the entire game, and Mike Williams really did have a good game. But then, sure enough, I mean, the Chiefs get the ball back, and then they score in like two and a half minutes again. Both of their touchdowns came in, I believe the first one, they scored in like three minutes. It was like a three-minute, maybe a little bit more than that drive. Second one, same thing, two-and-a-half minutes for them to score. And then they scored, and Then I believe it was a little bit of a stalemate for a little while, but then the fourth quarter things, they didn't exactly explode, so to say, but that's when a lot most of the scoring happened. At least there was a decent amount of scores. Um, I believe the Chiefs kicked a field goal tied it up chargers got the ball and they were they, they were driving it down into the end zone ish they're in the red zone at least super super close like 10 minutes left in the game chargers if they take this one it, it, it's looking good for them go up 24 to 17 it would have been incredible for them but oh jalen watson the guy that i was saying was getting beat the whole time he made a play 99 yard pick six. Oh my goodness that was incredible now, I don't want to put the pick all on Justin Herbert because um, pretty much at least what it looked like is Justin Herbert, the, the, he, they're, they're trying to go up-tempo kind of in the red zone. Um, not Not completely up-tempo, but they wanted to get their plays off quickly and concisely because they had kept the Chiefs on their heels the entire game by doing so. So one of the receivers, he kind of came over, and it looked like he needed a break or he was hurt or something like that. So he kind of hobbled over into the huddle. They broke... And then Justin Herbert snapped, and it was a quick ball thrown to that receiver's way. I'm completely blanking on who it was. But then, yeah, Jalen Watson just jumped the route and returned it for a touchdown. It was a great play. Um, Now, obviously, Herbert, it was a bad ball. It got picked off. But if if the receiver was tired when he was running into the huddle like that, then, you know, I mean, you kind of want to... I don't know. You, you, you kind of want to see him go somewhere else or maybe recognize that. But whatever. I mean, it's still 24 17. The Chargers would get the ball back. Still, like I said, about 10 minutes left, but they couldn't do anything with it. Chiefs get the ball back and just waste time and kick a field goal. Finally, it's what? Three minutes left? Not even. And Chargers get the ball back, score a touchdown in garbage time, and. Yeah, eventually they lose it, 27-24. Just an incredible game, though. I mean, it, it really, really was. And some major takeaways, I, I mean, starting with the Chargers, they're a damn good team. And I, I, yeah, Justin Herbert did get hurt in this game, so that's definitely something to watch. It was a rib cartilage fracture, which is, it, that's not good. That That's something that hopefully it doesn't keep him out for a while, but we saw Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago deal with rib injuries. They they can range from, oh, it's nothing and the person play the entire season, like oh, Andrew Luck did, Matthew Stafford did a couple times, or it can range or it can range to the other side, which Deshaun Watson kind of faced when he missed a bunch of games. I wanna say it was like his rookie or sophomore year, where he missed a ton of games because of a rib injury. Hell he couldn't even fly on a plane once. I, I remember that because I had him in fantasy. But anyways, that's something that the Chargers really need to be worried about. But from initial scan I mean he hurt his ribs, went into the game, tried to throw a ball, couldn't. He was wincing in pain. Then the next play throws an absolute dime. So, I have no idea what to think. <laughs> I have no idea what to think about it. But anyways, so Herbert yeah, they, they really need to look into uh, kind of what's going on with him, but once again, he looked great. He had over 300 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, decent amount of like completion percentage. He Herbert's just he's so consistent is always going to have a consistently like pretty darn great game sure he'll throw a pick sometimes like he did this week like I think he did last week as well but he's always good for a bunch of yards touchdown and he really won't ever lose you the game and I know that you're saying well he threw a pick six in this game and I don't necessarily think that that lost them the game because there's still so much time left for them to come back and score and the way that they're playing I mean they were doing pretty well you would have thought that they would be able to but Eventually, the Chiefs did end up winning. And really, the big thing for me, I guess, is the Chargers can't run the ball. They just can't. Austin Eckler, again, under three yards of carry. Sony Michelle got a couple, a little over three. And then Josh Kelly had one big run, but take that away, and he hardly did anything. Herbert didn't get anything going. They, they just do not have a run game. I don't know if it's because of blocking. I don't know if it's because they just don't run the ball enough, so they, their running backs don't get... I guess into it enough, but other teams like the Bills, like the Chiefs, they don't run the ball as much, and they're still more than able to sort of you know kind of get things going like that, and that's that's really 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 concerning for me. Now for the Chiefs, on the other hand, my takeaway is a little bit more positive. I mean, for the Chargers, I, I don't I don't want it to be necessarily negative because. Listen, I they, they played on the road in a loud stadium, crazy stuff, and they came super close to beating. And honestly, probably should have won had Justin Herbert not made that um, decision with the pick. But Chargers are still going to be a great team. The the main takeaway for me is I, I think the Chiefs are the best team. In the NFL, Maybe, um, maybe even... I don't know. I I guess I'm trying to say that they're the best in the AFC. But if they're the best in the AFC, they're really the best in the NFL. Because the NFC isn't that great. And I don't want to plant my flag on such a hyperbolic statement, especially after now, I guess, two games for them. But my God. I mean, they're just picking up right where they left off seemingly. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem phased. Tyreek Hill left. And arguably, I think that that's better for them. Mahomes is, he's not, there's no gravity anymore, I guess, and, and gravity is typically the term that a lot of people use when speaking of having a number one receiver, like we saw it with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, the sheer gravity. I think Devontae Adams had 170-something targets, or maybe, maybe even 200. He, he had a buttload of targets, and the next closest had like 100 less than him, just the sheer gravity, just wanting to throw in a receiver's direction. And I think every single receiver, I mean every single quarterback like receiver duo has that. Allen to digs. He throws to digs a ton. Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. Uh, Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. He has all the volume. He tends to lock in on him sometimes. Mahomes to Um Hill. Herbert to Keenan Allen. We see it everywhere. And it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you have a stud like Cooper Cup, hell I'd throw him the ball eighteen times a game. That's what they did against the Bills. You have a playmaker get the ball in their hands. You want to get your playmakers the most touches possible. But once Tyreek Hill left, I think we're all so caught up on, oh my goodness, Tyreek Hill is a stud. No one's going to be Tyreek Hill. No one person can fully be Tyreek Hill. I still believe that. No one receiver can replace Tyreek Hill one-on-one that I've seen yet. The thing is, they don't need that. They don't need to replace him one-for-one. They brought in a ton of guys. They drafted guys. They brought in some some other freaking tight ends that are looking great. They still have Travis Kelsey. They have Kelsey for those reliable yards. They have McCall Hardman as a speedster. They have running backs to throw to out of the backfield. They brought in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They brought, they brought in Juju. I mean, there were so many different players that caught the ball or were at least targeted. There were, I want to say, nine 10 people maybe that 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 Patrick Mahomes targeted that's a ton I mean tight ends running backs and wide receivers I mean we, I feel like we would see that maybe we'd see with targets but we wouldn't see such an even receiving split like this listen Kelsey had five catches um Justin Watson a tight end that they brought in two catches McCall Hardman three Edwards Alaire, four MVS two Noah Gray two Juju Smith-Schuster three McKinnon two mike burton one i mean he's spreading the ball around so much and it is terrorizing the league it is absolutely blowing it apart seeing mahomes just slow down and and th- this is something that i say that i think josh allen has done a lot more and we saw it last week is he's more willing to take the checkdown that was a big thing for josh allen he always wanted to just huck it deep or he, he never wanted to take the 3 yard play he always wanted like the 20 yard play And I mean, I love the aggressiveness. For Mahomes, it was kind of on the same thing, but it was more, I want to make a play and I want to be, I really, really want to just burn you downfield or burn you for a great catch rather than just taking the boring ones. So for Mahomes, it was more, I don't want the intermediate. I either want to just check it down, do a screen and get it in my playmaker's hands and let them do something. Or I want to chuck it 50 yards to Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. And there was, like, no in-between. And that's when a lot of the teams started to play too high on him and really make it so he had to dink and dunk. And then he kind of lost his patience when it came down to the dinking and dunking. And that's where we saw him last year mess up and throw a ton of picks for that six, seven-game stretch early in the beginning of the year. That's kind of gone now because now that, now that Tyreek Hill isn't there, it, it almost seems like too high doesn't matter because teams played too high – because of Tyreek Hill's speed. Now that there's nobody with the Tyreek Hill's speed, no one's really going to be running those just straight deep routes. Mahomes chuck it on a prayer, and then the defense gets something on it and picks it off. And I know that a lot of the too high also had to do with getting pressure on Mahomes, but he has a good O-line now as well. And when he has all these different receivers not running deep, like staying relatively shallow, and he can get the ball out of his hands quickly, that neutralizes the pass rush and it's it's terrifying. Mahomes is slicing and dicing. It it reminds me of what Tom Brady used to do when he was on the Patriots. And I don't want to act like I don't want to say Mahomes is Tom Brady. I don't want to say that Mahomes is already better than Tom Brady. I mean, right now yes he is. I'm not going to say that Mahomes has a better career than Tom Brady. I'm not going to say that Tom Brady's not the goat because to me Tom Brady still is. But from what I can remember watching Tom Brady in New England is it was so frustrating. Because every single time I watched the game, like it would be Patriots, Bills, or whoever the Patriots are playing. Whenever the Patriots were on offense, it was so boring. Because they would do 10 yards, 5 yards, 3 yards, 2 yards, 5 yards, 10 yards, 3 yards, two y- 10 yards, just stuff like that. Just dinking and dunking, and it would be a screen to James White, and he would take it a bunch of yards, and then occasionally they'd break a big play, or the defense would give up a pass interference, or jump off sides, and just something like that he would wait for the defense to make a mistake and capitalize on it and that is exactly what Mahomes is doing now except because Mahomes is so damn gifted he has a cannon front arm he can make those sidearm throws like we saw to Jarek McKinnon since he can do that it's more dangerous than Tom Brady in New England um towards the end of his stay I'm talking about not early on in having Kelsey I love McCole Hardman I think he can do a lot Clyde Edwards-Alaire is finally having himself a season Juju's not bad. MVS isn't bad. Jerk McKinnon's speedy. With just all these different weapons in him with his immense amount of talent, my God, I mean, their offense is just terrifying. And then their defense. Their defense isn't as great as it was last year, and they're dealing with a little bit of injuries, but hell, they had a seventh-round corner finally step up. Yeah, he was getting picked on a lot of the game, but he made a play when it matters, and that's what matters. That's what matters most. Frank Clark, I mean, he's he's like... You don't hear his name, but it doesn't matter, because people double him, and then Chris Jones eats. I think Chris Jones had two sacks or something in this game. Their rookies look good. George Karloftis is finally doing stuff. Leo Chenal is—he's he, not doing—he's not racking up the numbers and tackles and stuff like that, but he's solid in coverage. I mean, they signed Carlos Dunlap. They have Juan Thornhill still. Justin Reed, who's apparently a dual threat kid, can kick too. I love it. And Rashad Fenton, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, LeJaris Their defense is solid, and their offense is spectacular. And when you have that combination, it is lethal. And now Patrick Mahomes is 7 TDs, 0 picks. Um, he was super efficient through this game. He didn't have a ton of yards. He only had 235, and he did it on 35 throws. So he wasn't averaging a ton of yards, but he didn't need to. And they didn't run the ball too much. Like I said, when I was talking about the Chargers run game, um, the Chiefs don't run the ball much either, but they got things going. Clyde edwards helaire averaged 9.2 yards a carry, and then all the other guys were kind of just a mix of in and out, and they had like guys going on a jet sweeps, and maybe they'll bring in rookies, or, like, Jared and like Jarek McKinnon stuff for the short down stuff, but they just have weapons up the wazoo, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and the Chiefs, I I don't know. I'm not ready to, I guess, say that they're the ultimate best because it's only been two weeks, but... And I don't want to say, like, oh, well, I'm going to crown the Chiefs the best team because, in my opinion, they were last year too, even with Mahomes struggling. And until somebody knocks them off, and I know that, yeah, hey, the Bengals knocked them off last year. I don't necessarily think that the Bengals knocked them off. Yes, they won, but they didn't make the Chiefs, like, they didn't, I don't know, the Chiefs aren't collapsing because of that loss. The Chiefs are still the top team in the AFC, at least in their division. And if they're the top team in the AFC, they might even be the top team in the NFL right now. They're that good. Now, next up, I wanted to go through just give a little bit of a week two preview. I don't want to go through every single game, but I mean, well, maybe I will. I'll just touch on everything and just give you guys kind of what I'm thinking about the game. Maybe some cool things to match up storylines. Give you guys a winner or pick like that and kind of do a little bit of a, not really a speed round, but... I don't know. I don't want to go too in-depth with everything because I'm not sure how you guys would like that because it would take me, if I could go in-depth or something like that for every game, it would probably be a two-hour podcast. I would love to do that, um, but I'm, I'm not sure if you guys would. So if you if you would, definitely let me know and I would be more than happy to preview every single game with key matchups, stuff like that. But for right now, I just kind of want to bounce around, stuff like that. And the first game is the Browns versus the Jets. Uh, the Browns are at home. Jets are still riding with Flacco, and I don't know. We got to give the Jets a little bit of credit, I guess, because they kind of hung around with the Ravens for a half, but then they just lost everything, and I know a lot of people say, oh, well, the Jets outgamed the Ravens. Yeah, they did. They threw the ball 70 freaking times. They they, they put up a bunch of yards in garbage time. Congratulations. I'm not going to give you that, but they played them close in the first half, and then the Ravens pulled away. Now the Browns are not as good as the Ravens. Defensively, they might be a little bit better, but offensively, they are terrible. The Browns looked just—it it, was—it was gross. It was an offensive offense to watch against the Panthers. Brissett couldn't move the ball. He was really uh, until like the last drive when he was aided by penalties. They, they could run the ball very well, but that's the thing—the Jets stifled the Ravens' run. The, their their entire attack. It was the first time that the Ravens ran for less than 100 yards since, like, Lamar Jackson's, like, MVP season. The first game. Of that. It's been so long, and they stifled it. So, I don't know. This is a sneaky upset game, and the line is Cleveland minus 6.5. I would honestly take the Jets. 6.5 is way too much points to swallow. And like I said, the Jets, it's still early. Teams don't know they suck yet. And if they can hold the Ravens to that kind of... To that kind of I guess rushing performance, I think they can do the same here. So that's definitely something cool to watch. Um, but other than that, this is probably going to be a, a pretty, pr- pretty bad game. And honestly, this completely, completely just side topic. I was talking the other night with, with my brother about just uniforms in the NFL. Like they are saying, like oh, I love the Chargers uniforms, and I do. I love the Bills uniforms. We we're talking about how we hated the Seattle uniforms, just how gross they were, like the bright green stuff. This uniform combination, like the Jets like garbage can green versus the Browns, well, brown. I know I know one team's going to be in white, but it's just so unflattering. Hey, brown and green, I mean the two teams. I know one's going to be white like I said, but just not good. It's just going to be gross aesthetically. It's going to be a gross game to watch. I'd stay away from watching this one. I'd be surprised if anything pops up on red zone even. Next up is Lions and Commanders in this game is so sneaky good bad <laughs> if that makes any sense this could either be a very good game or just such a crappy game because the commanders had a good game last week but it was against the Jaguars. the lions had a good game last week but you could say that a lot of it was in garbage time against the eagles the lions i think they have a huge huge fan they, like they have a bunch of people pulling for him because hard knocks they looked incredible on who the hell doesn't love dan campbell and i mean just look at the lions team i they're hard to not get behind but the commanders have stuff going for them as well i don't know this game is really up in the air between the two of them um can carson wentz carry over that momentum we'll see can the Lions carry over that momentum we'll see it, it, it's a really close game and i would say it's honestly a pick them in my opinion the Lions are favored by one and a half points the first time they've been favored since like 2020 it's been a while guys but i don't know i think in this one I I would take the Lions just because it's such a small line in there at home. But it's more because I'd like to see them than anything. Buccaneers-Saints, this one will be a good game. I think that, and this is, I'll get into this in a little bit. But I think that the Saints, I don't know if they're underrated because they almost lost to the damn Falcons last week. But that comeback, I I don't know. We just saw the tale of two Jameises, really. We saw James Winston look terrible in the first three quarters. In the last quarter, he went off. He looked perfect. And the offense finally clicked. Buccaneers on the other hand kind of looked the same. They whooped the Cowboys by 16 points, but that was mainly their defense. Their offense was terrible. I, I, I don't care what you guys say. I know that a lot of people are said, oh, well, look at what Tom Brady did. He just took what they gave him. He, he was so solid. I don't care. He didn't look good, in my opinion, at all i just really don't think he did and i just can't get behind them they just don't look the same chris godwin's ruled out with another hamstring injury good god this guy gets injured thank god he got his money but mike evans julio jones yeah julio looked okay i just don't trust the Bucs' offense which is weird to say they had another offensive lineman go down i i just don't know what to make of them anymore i really don't and the saints always have their number so the Saints are at home. They always have their number with all this stuff. I honestly might pick the Saints in an upset, but I don't know. It, it, it'll be a fun one to watch unless if it's another like 9-3 game. That would suck. Panthers-Giants, not much to look for in this one. Uh, was the Giants win just a fluke? Probably. Panthers, can Baker get something going? Maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Christian McCaffrey can do here he's kind of the x-factor because he was ghosted from the game plan last week for the most part i want to see if they're just like building him up or something like that i don't know i mean the giants looked good but is that them being good is it some like i don't know some luck involved which yes i do think that there was at least a tiny bit of luck especially with that missed field goal down at the end i just don't know it's just so up in the air for me between these two teams and it's still early so we don't know which teams are good and bad yet I think they're both going to be bad. It's going to be bad v. bad. And if I had to guess, I might just give it to the Panthers just because I think they have more upside. Now, a a game that going into the season, everyone was probably like, wow, this will be a good game. Right now, it looks like it's going to be a barn burner. And that's the Steelers and the Patriots. Patriots on the road to face the Steelers. Steelers last week did everything right on defense and everything wrong on offense almost. Their offense was terrible they couldn't get anything moving but their defense kept a minute especially with that pick six they had a ton of interceptions on burrow they had four of them they forced a fumble they sacked him a bunch of times and they just barely won the patriots meanwhile could not get a thing going on miami's offense who had a bunch of players out so what is it going to be mac jones apparently had a back issue even though he got back to practice um yesterday on friday i i just don't know a terrible offense versus terrible offense and a great defense against a meh defense in the Patriots. So, honestly, I, I think I'm leaning the Steelers here, even though the Patriots are favored. But it, it's, I don't know. It, it's just going to be, I think, one of those games, just an old-fashioned just slugfest. Two just very defensive teams, and neither team getting much going on offense. I'd be surprised if this game is over 30 points. I can see a real 13-10 to 10 sort of vibe here. Colts-Jaguars, this is a sneaky game. And I know that everyone's saying, oh my goodness, no, it's not. The Colts are so much better. But that's also what we said last year. And that's also what we said last week about the Colts and the Texans. And yes, it was against the Commanders, but the Jaguars looked fine. Trevor Lawrence looked more comfortable. He looked more willing to throw the ball. He made better decisions except at the end of the game when he kind of had an arm punt. But I don't know. And the Colts always play the Jags terribly in Florida. And that's where they are. The Jags are at home. I think the Jaguars have a real shot, and I think that that's why the Colts are only favored by three here, only by which, essentially on a neutral field, is about six points because they usually give the home team three for the home field advantage. But I don't know. I I really really can see the Jaguars putting some, putting a hurtin on the Colts, but the Colts should win. They have the better team. I don't know if they have the better quarterback right now. Honestly, Matt Ryan did not look good. They don't have that many weapons, but Jonathan Taylor needs to account for something. Their defense is getting Shaq Leonard back. The Colts. This is honestly a do-or-die game. If they lose this game, I. I know it's week two, and there's not many do-or-die games in week two, but if they lose this game, I, I. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can take the division. Just tying one t- of the worst teams in your division, losing to the other, and you haven't faced the Titans yet, and you face them all again. Not good. It's a must-win for the Colts, and honestly, I think that they do, but I think it will be a lot closer than people realize. Dolphins-Ravens, this is going to be a reality check for one of these two teams. What do I mean by that? How can it be a reality check for, for either one? This is one of those games where I can see either the Ravens whooping the Dolphins or the Dolphins destroying the Ravens. I really can't. And I don't think there's gonna be any in between because the Dolphins I, I I don't I'm not sold on them yet. Yeah, they looked good against the Patriots, but I don't know if that was them looking good or the Patriots just looking terrible. Because the Patriots looked inept last week and the Dolphins won like what? What was it, like 21 to 10 or 21 to 7? It wasn't convincing at all. And one of them was a defensive score. And the the Ravens, they they, they were really hanging they're re- really hanging around with the Jets. The Jets were they, they stifled their run and Lamar Jackson finally was able to pass, but that's because the Jets' corners and defensive secondary is is not good. Still, it's not good. The Dolphins is now the Dolphins' um, defensive line is not as good, so maybe the the Ravens can get back to running the ball in this. But I don't know if if the Ravens are forced to pass, I think the Dolphins' defense will eat Lamar Jackson up. If the Dolphins are frauds like some people think other people don't then the ravens should just destroy them and i i don't know i think whichever team wins here i'm going to have a lot more faith in for down the road and whichever team loses here i think i'm going to probably need to sell my stock on uh i i'm very high on the ravens i think that the dolphins can be something i don't know we'll have to see here it would be a huge statement game for the dolphins if they can pull one out here especially being in baltimore falcons rams really not much to say here the Rams should be pissed because they just got embarrassed on Thursday night football they're facing a team that everyone thinks should have the first overall pick for the most part between them and the Bears and they're facing a team that just choked a 17 point lead to the Saints now they also needed to do something to get that 17 point lead on the Saints but the Saints are not even close to being as good as the Rams on paper the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions coming off of getting their butts whooped at home, home opener, they got to be pissed and they're at home again. The Rams should destroy the Falcons. Nothing else needs to be said there. Seahawks 49ers, this one will be interesting. It's going to really see which, which I guess, win was a fluke and which loss was a fluke. Because... If the Seahawks win, I think that, wow, I mean, that's kind of crazy, and it kind of validates the 49ers' loss last week. But if the 49ers win, I think it really invalidates the Seahawks' win from last week. I I mean, the Seahawks really just won the Super Bowl last week in beating Russ, and the 49ers got embarrassed. I think the 49ers are going to bounce back in a huge way this week. They're at home. Hopefully there shouldn't be a monsoon playing, but the Seahawks always play the 49ers tight, and the 49ers like 0-4 in the last large amount of time in playing the um, Seahawks so we'll have to see there but I'm gonna go with the 49ers by I mean they're favored by nine and a half I don't think I'd go that high but I'll definitely take them to win Bengals Cowboys this is another one Dak's out in even last week when the Cowboys had Dak they looked pitiful the Bengals should stomp the Cowboys now the Bengals also looked horrendous last week and they're on the road in Jerry world which isn't an easy place to play but I don't know I think that they need to be pissed because they were in the Super Bowl and the Cowboys' D-line isn't as scary as the Steelers were. Joe Burrow really needs to bounce back in a big way, and I think that they do here. There's no reason that the Bengals shouldn't win. and They're favored by 7, which on the road, they're essentially favored by 10 on neutral side. I, I can agree there. I think that the Bengals win in a big way. Texans-Broncos, it, it, it might be my my Texans fandom, because you guys know I'm big on Davis Mills. It might be that in me that's saying that the Texans have a shot here, and I think that is unfair to say that they don't have a shot, especially after last week what they did to the Colts, but last week the Texans were at home and an underdog, and it was week one. This week they're on the road playing Denver, mile-high altitude, with a pissed-off Broncos team that was picked as, by many to be a Super Bowl team who just got embarrassed. So... Yeah, I I want to say that the Texans have a chance, and I think it'd be unfair to them to say that they don't, but I, I can't see the Broncos dropping this one. They're favored by 10 for a reason. That's my pick. Cardinals and Raiders, this will be an interesting game. And whichever team goes to 0-2, I think is really just immediately a fraud. And it, it's simple as that. The Cardinals got destroyed. Didn't look like a real team last week. And if they lose to the Raiders, who... Got beat last week. They're going to drop to 0 2, which in their division is almost a death sentence. I mean, in the NFC, maybe not, but same with the Raiders. If the Raiders drop to 0 2 in their division, a death sentence. And if they lose to the Cardinals, a team that the Chiefs waxed, then what do you, what, dear God, what would the Chiefs do to the Raiders? So it's a, it's a big one. I think that the Raiders are going to pull it out because they're better, and the Cardinals' secondary and defense as a whole is pitiful. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Bears, Packers. I know I said that the Bears should have the number one overall pick this year, but Packers got whooped. Bears didn't. I don't know. I It's weird that this is giving me hesitation, but the Packers lost week one last year. They got embarrassed last year, and I think they're going to bounce back in a major way. I think they're going to stomp the Bears. Aaron Rodgers, he owns them. I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I have some Monday night games here. And I think that I want to save these, at least for the Monday podcast episode where I'm going to be previewing them and post it there. And I am so excited! I'll give you guys a little bit of thoughts on them right now, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to I'm going a little bit deeper uh, Monday morning when I'm going to post them for you guys. And Titans Bills, those are favored by 10. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. I know I'm a Bills fan, but that seems like a lot. The Titans just are coming off an embarrassing loss to the Giants. Derrick Henry didn't look good, but Derrick Henry's did well against the Bills last time. Titans always do well against Buffalo, and they always step up in primetime games. I don't think it'll quite be a 10-point game. I I think it very well could, because if the Bills offense gets rolling against the depleted Titans defense that the Giants were able to kind of put a whooping on, I mean, Barkley had like 164 rush yards. What what can Josh Allen and uh, the emergence of Devin Singletary do? I don't know. But the Bills also, Ed Oliver and Tim Settle, two of their defensive tackles, their best run stuffers, they're hurt. I don't know if they're going to be playing, which is why I kind of want to wait on previewing this game completely. So Derek Henry, if those two are out, Derek Henry could be a much bigger factor. So the Bills could very well win by 20 points. They could very well win by three. They could very well lose this game because the Titans are great as underdogs. I don't know. I'm really waiting to see what the injury reports look like on the other side. And then for Vikings-Eagles... This is kind of a toss-up for me, too. I'm super high on the Vikings. I'm super high on the Eagles. I think the Eagles stop the run and have a good defense. I think the Vikings are exceptional at running the football and have a great offense. I think the Eagles have a decent offense. I think the Vikings have a decent defense. it seems are pretty damn even. And I don't know. It's going to take a lot for me to... I don't know. I really, I just want to dive into this game a little bit more. I want to do a little bit more research on my own and watch a little bit more film before I really decide who I want for this game as well. Which is kind of why I want to wait on these two games at least to do a full breakdown preview, which will be coming Monday for you guys. And with that being said, that's all I had for today's video um, or episode. My bad, I'm getting some things mixed up. Uh, but I really did do hope you guys enjoy. Um, sorry for the Saturday upload today. Like I said, I was just super tired yesterday. Still wanted to get you guys the preview and review out before week two officially kicks off. Well, not officially kicks off tomorrow, but you know, the full Sunday slate kicks off tomorrow. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Once again, I have a couple of hot takes slash overreactions slash DMs from a couple of you guys. I think I have three or four, um, that I picked out that I wanted to include in an episode, like at least a couple that, um, that really caught my eye and gave me, well, I have an idea for a new segment, let's say, and it involves hot takes and stuff like that, which I'm hoping to debut Monday. And um, for all you other guys um, that did DM me, i doing my best to shoot responses out to you guys. I think I've answered most of you guys for the most part. But um, yeah, um, if you if you guys want to, keep DMing me, shoot me some overreactions or some hot takes, and I'll feature you guys in the new segment if, if it really catches ground. And again, let me know if you want me to do full reviews, like... Uh, maybe every Wednesday or maybe every Friday or something where I just review every or preview every single game. might be a little bit longer of an episode, but I'm more than willing to do so if you guys like. So let me know. Um, Instagram is Gabe underscore Fluellen, G-A-B-E underscore F-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. Um, let me know. Um, you guys can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you guys find your podcast. With that being said, hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Peace.